Alright. Let's get into it. Okay. So development begins as soon as you're conceived. Um, we've got critical periods, which are specific periods in development where children are particularly susceptible to environmental factors. And then absence of the appropriate environmental factors can result in failure to learn a given skill or trait during this critical period, which means learning that skill later on could be difficult or even impossible. So development is crucial. The development of the nervous system starts with neurulation at three to four weeks gestational age. Neurulation occurs when the ectoderm overlying the notochord begins to furrow, forming a neural groove surrounded by two neural folds. Cells at the leading edge of the neural fold are called the neural crest and will migrate throughout the body to form disparate tissues, including dorsal root ganglia, melanocytes, and calcitonin-producing cells of the thyroid. The remainder of the furrow closes to form the neural tube, which will ultimately form the CNS. And the neural tube has an alar plate, which differentiates into sensory neurons, and a basal plate, which differentiates into motor neurons. Um, over time, the neural tube invaginates and folds many times into itself, and the embryonic brain begins as three swellings, which is the prosencephalon, mesencephalon, and bromencephalon, which will then become five swellings, which is the telencephalon, diencephalon, mesencephalon, metencephalon, and myelencephalon, and it will become the mature brain. So prenatal development doesn't occur in a vacuum, but in the mother's uterus. Um, it's got to have a good environment, temperature, chemical balance, and orientation with respect to gravity and atmospheric pressure. Um, these all are carefully controlled and remain relatively constant. The fetus is attached to the uterine wall and placenta by the umbilical cord. The placenta transmits food, oxygen, and water to the fetus while returning water and waste to the mother. So mamas be working hard from the beginning. Oh no, please don't sneeze. Okay. Um, maternal blood will supply many of the proteins and amino acids needed for growth, um, and then the embryo will begin to produce its own proteins and amino acids as well. So there can be deleterious effects on the development of the fetus. Um, there can be viruses, bacteria that can cross the placenta and cause damage, like rubella, which can cause cataracts, it's known as German measles, um, deafness, heart defects, and intellectual disability. There can also be measles, mumps, hepatitis, influenza, varicella, aka chickenpox, and herpes. Um, many drugs can have a damaging effect on the fetus, um, like thalidomide, which was this, which was a prescribed drug um, to reduce morning sickness, and then the babies got missing and malformed limbs and defects of the heart, eyes, ears, digestive, digestive tract, and kidneys. Anti-epileptic medications are associated with neural tube defects, so the tube fails to close completely and it can have really malformations, devastating malformations like spina bifida or anencephaly. Um, there can also be a lot of environmental factors and exposures, so like malnutrition, protein deficiency, which can slow growth, lead to intellectual disability, and reduce immunity to disease. Narcotic addiction in the mama can produce chemically dependent infants who must go through withdrawal. Um, cigarettes smoking can lead to slowed growth, increased fetal heart rate, and a greater chance of premature birth. Delay 
daily use of alcohol can have the same effects, slowed growth physically and psychologically, and then we've got prenatal exposure to x-rays can also be really strongly linked to retardation. Um, oh, I don't think that's an appropriate word to use. That's written here, but um, I think there's a better way to phrase that. And then defects of the skull, spinal cord and eyes, cleft palate and limb deformities can also happen through exposure to x-rays. Um, yeah, anyways, we'll move on to motor development. Um, infants are equipped with well-developed somatic structures and a broad array of reflexes. Um, a reflex is a behavior that occurs in response to a given stimulus without higher cognitive input. So infants have a number of primitive reflexes that disappear with age. So rooting reflex, the automatic turning of the head in the direction of a stimulus that touches the cheek, such as a nipple during feeding. Sucking and swallowing when an object is placed in the mouth are also examples of reflexes related to feeding. Um, the moral reflex. Um, infants react to abrupt movements of their heads by flinging out their arms and slowly retracting their arms and crying. This might have been developed during a time when our pre-human ancestors lived in trees and fall. Falls could have been prevented by instinctive clutching. Um, and it disappears usually after four months. And if it continues after one year, it's a pretty strong su suggestion that you've got some developmental difficulties. Um, and asymmetry of the reflex may also hint at underlying neuromuscular problems. We've got the Babinski reflex, which causes the toes to spread apart automatically when the sole of the foot is stimulated. Like when you touch a cat's paw, it flexes its fingers. But, um... Then we've got the grasping reflex, which occurs when the infant closes his or her fingers around an object placed in his or her hand. Um, adults with neurological diseases might have these primitive reflexes, like in demyelinating illnesses. Um, newborn infants can also kick, turn, wave their arms. And these uncoordinated, unconnected behaviors will form the basis for more coordinated movements. Um, Let's see. Motor skills can be broken down into two classes, gross and fine motor skills. Gross incorporate movement from large muscle groups and whole body motion like sitting, crawling, and walking, and fine motor movements involve smaller muscles of the fingers, toes, and eyes, providing more specific and delicate movement like tracking motion, drawing, catching, and waving. And then in addition to motor skills, we've got social development that occurs in infancy. The parental figure starts out by being the center of the infant's world, and stranger anxiety can occur, as well as separation anxiety. The first is a fear and apprehension of unfamiliar individuals, and the second is a fear of being separated from the parental figure. These develop at approximately seven months and one year, respectively, and during this time, playstyle can progress from solitary to onlooker, and at two years, develops into parallel play, where the children will play alongside each other without influencing each other's behavior. At age three, the child has an awareness of his or her gender identity and engages in sex-typed play and knows his or her full name. By age five, conformity to peers and romantic feelings for others begins to develop. From ages six through twelve, friend circles become more common of the same sex without expression of romantic feelings. In their teenage years, the children become more self-sufficient and express their desire for independence by rebelling against their parents. 
cross-gender friendships become more common and individuals also become more aware of their sexual orientation and sexual relationships begin. And these are pretty much developmental milestones. Um, there can be differences between ages. Um, and yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and do a quick summary. If you want some more detail about child development milestones, there, this should just, you just need to know a general overview. So I will leave that as is. Okay, so let's do a quick concept summary. Okay, so neuropsychology is a study of the connection between the nervous system and behavior. It most often focuses on the functions of various brain regions. There are three types of neurons in the nervous system, sensory, afferent with an A, motor, efferent with an E, and interneurons. Reflex arcs use the ability of interneurons in the spinal cord to relay information to the source of stimuli while simultaneously routing it to the brain. The nervous system is made up of the central nervous system, brain and spinal cord, and peripheral nervous system, most cranial and spinal nerves. The peripheral nervous system is divided into somatic, voluntary, and autonomic, automatic divisions. The autonomic system is further divided into the parasympathetic, rest and digest, and sympathetic fight or flight branches. The brain has three subdivisions, hindbrain, which is the cerebellum, medulla oblongata, and reticular formation, the midbrain, which is the inferior and superior colliculi, and the forebrain, which is the thalamus, hypothalamus, basal ganglia, limbic system, and cerebral cortex. Methods of studying the brain include studying humans and animals with lesions, electrical stimulation, and activity reporting, which can include electroencephalography, EEGs, and regional cerebral blood flow. The thalamus is a relay station for sensory information. The hypothalamus maintains homeostasis and integrates with the endocrine system through the hypophyseal pleural system that connects it to the interior pituitary. The basal ganglia smoothen movements and help maintain postural stability. The limbic system, which contains the septal nuclei, amygdala, and hippocampus, controls emotion and memory. The septal nuclei are involved with feelings of pleasure, pleasure-seeking behavior, and addiction. The amygdala controls fear and aggression. The hippocampus consolidates memories and communicates with other parts of the limbic system through an extension called the fornix. The cerebral cortex is divided into four lobes, frontal, parietal, occipital, and temporal. The frontal lobe controls executive function, impulse control, long-term planning, motor function, and speech production. The parietal lobe controls sensation of touch, pressure, temperature, and pain, spatial processing, orientation, and manipulation. The occipital lobe controls visual processing. The temporal lobe controls sound processing, speech perception, memory, and emotion. And the brain is divided into two cerebral hemispheres, left and right. In most individuals, this left hemisphere is the dominant hemisphere for language. Yeesh. Okay, almost done with the summary. Um, influences on behavior. So we've got neurotransmitters. They are released by neurons and carry a signal to another neuron or effector, which is a muscle fiber or a gland. Acetylcholine is used by the somatic nervous system to move muscles, the parasympathetic nervous system, and the central nervous system for alertness. Dopamine maintains smooth movements and steady posture. Endorphins and enkephalins act as natural painkillers. Epinephrine and norepinephrine maintain wakefulness and alertness and mediate fight or flight responses. Epinephrine tends to act as a hormone, and norepinephrine tends to act more classically as a neurotransmitter. 
Um, gamma aminobutyric acid or GABA and glycine act as brain stabilizers, whereas glutamate acts as an excitatory neurotransmitter in the brain. Serotonin modulates mood, sleep patterns, eating patterns, and dreaming. The endocrine system is tied to the nervous system through the hypothalamus and the anterior pituitary. Cortisol is a stress hormone released by the adrenal cortex. Testosterone and estrogen mediate libido. Testosterone can increase aggression. Both are released by the adrenal cortex, and in males, the testes also produces testosterone, and the females have ovaries to produce estrogen. And epinephrine and norepinephrine are released by the adrenal medulla and cause physiological changes associated with the sympathetic nervous system. We've got the nature versus nurture, which is a classic debate regarding the relative contributions of genetics, which is nature, and the environment, which is nurture, to an individual's traits. For most traits, both play a role, and the relative effects can be studied through either family studies, which look at the relative frequency of a trait within a family compared to the general population, twin studies, which compare concordance rate between monozygotic, identical, and dizygotic paternal twins, and we've got adoption studies, which compare similarities between adopted children and their adoptive parents relative to similarities with their biological parents. Then we've got our development. Summary, the nervous system develops through neurulation, which is where the notochord stimulates overlying ectoderm to fold over, creating a neural tube topped with neural crest cells. The neural tube becomes a central nervous system. The neural crest cells set out throughout the body, differentiating into many different tissues. We've got primitive reflexes with have which exist in infants and should disappear with age, and most serve or served a protective role, protective role they can reappear in certain nervous system disorders. So we've got the rooting reflex, the infant turning their head toward anything that brushes the cheek, the moral reflex where the infant extends the arms and retracts them slowly and cries in response to a sensation of falling, the Babinski reflex where the big toe is extended and the other toes fan in response to the brushing of the sole of the foot, and the grasping reflex where the infant grabs anything put into his or her hand. These developmental milestones should give an indication of what skills and abilities a child should have at a given age, and most should adhere to these milestones, deviating by only one or two months. Um, gross and fine motor abilities progress head to toe and core to periphery. Social skills shift from parent-oriented to self-oriented to other-oriented. And language skills become increasingly complex. Alright, thanks for listening, friends. We will see you in the next chapter.